Hello, and welcome to the World of Autism podcast, a podcast about all things autism. I am Dr. Jeff Knight, and I'm on a mission to create hope, peace of mind, freedom, and confidence for these children with autism, and in serving their families to help create the happiest, healthiest versions of themselves. In this podcast, we dive deep in creating many different solutions, talking about resources, and providing insight and stories of hope for families that suffer and have challenges with autism. Please join with me, and I look forward to connecting with you. Hello, and welcome back to the World of Autism podcast. I'm Dr. Jeff Knight. So glad to have you here with us on episode five. I wanted to jump in today and discuss some of the things that we talked about this last episode with um, the wonderful Gina Baker. Grateful for her uh, coming onto the podcast and sharing her wisdom. Hopefully you all had a chance to take part in her webinar as well. Um, Again, um, some of the things that she talked about that I want to go into more depth was we discussed the importance of how we can help these kids that um, are you know, help them try to eat healthier foods and how that can be such a challenge for parents. Um, I know it's a challenge for anyone really um, at different times to get your kid to eat healthy. So I want to talk about where to start. I want to talk about and go a little deeper with some of the concepts she talked about, such as the one food swap or um, as I put it, you know, doing some different exchanges. And Food and diet are going to be one of the most um, important things that that you can do with your child with autism. Now, uh, here's some some honest truth here with with diet. So you won't get your child well without the diet, meaning without focusing on eating healthy foods and finding um, good foods that work well for your child. But at the same time, you won't get well with only the diet when it comes to children with autism. So there is so much more going on, as we know, than just like having a good clean diet. Now, however, that can be pretty profound and make a big difference. So that's why we have to make sure to incorporate good, healthy foods and make sure this is a part of your lifestyle Otherwise, in order to get the long-term benefits that you're looking for, it's going to be a challenge. And even with the best supplements, even with the best you know medications that are there, even with the best therapies, if we don't ever touch on the diet and what we're putting into our bodies, then we never are going to get um, the maximum benefit, um, the, the greatest results possible. And you, you've all heard this quote before. It's, it's often quoted, but I, I, I love it. And I think it's good. It's from Hippocrates where he said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So it's just a, it's such a wonderful concept to think that what that means to me is that food is information that every time we eat something, it's providing information and basically giving our, our body tools and resources to function and to thrive. And so it's the concept of, you know, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. So if you're putting trash in where you're going to get trash out, if you're putting good quality things in, then you can expect to start to see good quality things coming out. 
Um, so really, you know, that's that's a big important premise there as well. Now, I'm going to be talking to the family that um, maybe has never even gone down this path. I know there's a lot of parents out there with ch- children with autism that are so well versed with diet that they could share the same information that I'm sharing today and do it just as good or better than I can. Um, I, I get that because uh, parents of I've, I've learned with parents that, of children with autism, they are incredibly intelligent, uh, determined, and they are doing everything they can in their power to find ways to help their kid. Now, there's times when um, you may have just learned of this diagnosis or you may have felt stuck or you've been trying different things and it's not working well for you. So this is who I'm talking to is, is you, okay? Um, and I'm going to assume that, you know, you may be starting out with the standard American diet or the SAD diet, okay? So that's, you know, eating a lot of processed foods, you know, eating a ton of fast food, um, you know, the convenient foods that are just laden with all sorts of chemicals and um, unhealthy fats and all the sugars, etc. Unfortunately, our food has been hijacked. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a difficult thing that we have to go through when it comes to trying to find quality food. We have to put a lot more effort into it, and it's not so easy. And, um, you know, it, it comes with a price. But the other thing I want to talk about is um, the price of paying for good quality food. Ask yourself this question, is it worth it? And in my strong opinion is yes, it is. And I know this can be difficult, especially if you are on a tight budget. Um, But think about the money you're spending right now. um, And maybe you are buying certain foods that just aren't going to be as as quality or nutritionally, um, you know, balanced or providing that the the nutrition that your body needs or that your child needs. Uh, Unfortunately, the the, the long-term effects are going to catch up. And it definitely can be much more expensive down the road with dealing with um, unhealthy situations versus if we focus on investing in ourselves right now by investing in our health, that will invest, that's investing in our future. So remember that if we're choosing good quality foods, that's an investment into ourselves and into our future. Okay. So let's just assume that you you are on the standard American diet. Then here's a good, simple place to start is try to at least go three meals, no snacks. Now, I know that can be really difficult and I know that can be very challenging. But if we're constantly feeding ourselves and our children and we're, you know, because the average American eats probably 14 to 15, maybe 16 times a day. If you include all the snacks that they eat, um, they're eating quite a bit. And so every time you're eating food, you're spiking blood sugar levels, which means you're also spiking insulin. And that can also create and become a chronic inflammatory issue for some people. So and I know there's some people that are able to manage eating every two or three hours and they, they find it that it works for them. Now that's, 
there's different approaches and opinions on that. And, and there's different things where it seems like, Hey, that, that works good for them with their energy or whatever. And that's totally fine. But my point here is what can we do to decrease inflammation in the body and, and really give the body the ability to utilize energy in the most productive and efficient way possible. Uh, as we know, eating food is a, it's a big energy waster. Um, it requires a lot of energy. It requires a lot of blood flow and effort. That's why after someone eats a big meal, they sometimes are tired, especially if you know, you can relate to Thanksgiving, right? So if you can go three meals and no snacks and make sure those meals are just good, hearty, full, well-balanced meals, it's incredible how that can make a big difference. Um, again, these are, these are some big goals here. This is something you can work up towards. Don't feel like you need to be there right away, but this is something that can be helpful. And so doing that can be really powerful. Another tip here that I would recommend is do whatever you can to go organic. And again, this is where the discussion on, well, organic, everything organic is super expensive. Um, it costs so much more. I can go and, you know, get all this other food for less. And the, the, the number one reason why I suggest going organic is to avoid this one chemical that is so just destructive. And that chemical is glyphosate, which is found in Roundup. So Roundup's that spray that um, a lot of farmers use on their crops and it helps kill weeds and it also allows those plants to be weed resistant and pestilent resistant and things like that. And so the, the Roundup or the glyphosate, unfortunately, uh, if it's not organic, then you can count on glyphosate being in your food. Uh, it's, if it's processed, you can count on glyphosate being in your food. If, um, you know, even unfortunately, some of the non-GMO foods are being sprayed with this Roundup as well. And so why is that such a big deal? It's because Roundup or this glyphosate in the Roundup can cause major issues with gut, gut health. And if we have a, dis, you know, if there's destruction going on in the gut and the gut is unhealthy, then this can lead to challenges with the brain. Uh, the gut, as they, a lot of people will call it, it's the second brain, right? And so glyphosate will actually cause leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And what that means is that if you have a leaky gut issue, which glyphosate and other chemicals can cause, then that means that gut, the lining of the gut is more open or porous. And so undigested food particles can actually get into the bloodstream. It will then create an immune response. And that's why a lot of, a lot more people are becoming more and more sensitive to different foods because that undigested food is maybe seeping into that bloodstream. The body's creating a reaction it's signaling the immune system, and now we've got this full-blown allergenic response or a food sensitivity. And so if you've ever done a food sensitivity test and you think like, wow, how am I so sensitive to so many foods? Well, unfortunately, it's because the barrier was breached, all right? The barrier was breached. And if you can heal your gut and your gut lining, 
it's amazing how many people can reintroduce some of those foods that uh, once upon a time were super allergenic or created a, a strong sensitivity. And um, down the road, after their gut lining's been healed, um, some of those foods might not cause the same reaction. Okay, so imagine a fortress, and if somebody breaks down this one area of the wall, and all the enemies get in, and they go attack, you know, <laughs> then it makes things a lot more difficult to protect, right? So that barrier is huge, and the gut lining is basically part of that barrier. So glyphosate will break down that gut lining. And and I'd love to spend a whole episode, honestly, just talking about glyphosate and all the connections of how it's connected to so many chronic illness, including autism. We can um, dive into that at another date. But this is just a good intro to helping you understand of why going organic can be so helpful and beneficial. Now, if you have a garden yourself and you're growing your own plants, uh, that's incredible. I would say that would be even better than just buying from the grocery store, but not everyone has that um, ability or space or fortune to do it, but uh, that would be a, a fantastic thing to do. So go organic with as much as you possibly can. Now, I know that, um, again, it's unrealistic for us to be able to do that all the time, everywhere, you know, every day. So there are fortunately some good resources out there that can at least help counteract some of the negative effects that can come from glyphosate. And um, I've got a couple resources I'll, I'll put in the, in the uh, show notes. Um, there's a couple products that I've used and that I do use that have been shown to be really helpful for minimizing the negative effects that glyphosate could have on you. So if you're at like a family dinner or maybe you go out to dinner and you don't you don't have control over the food being that's being prepared or being served um, and you want to be a, a gracious guest you know to to the host um, so you're not gonna maybe turn away some of their food uh, then there's a couple products um, one of them is ion biome which is a great liquid um, uh, dr. Zach Bush uh, created this product or I should say discovered and developed this product um, and it's been a wonderful product that I've used in my office for several years. Also another one is called HMET Binder by Cellcor Biosciences and that's another product that has also been shown to be really effective at minimizing and um, you know lessening the, the negative impact that glyphosate can have. So if you got a couple of those tools in the tool belt then it can even decrease some of the, the stress that can come from eating that way. All right, so excellent. So these are just key, key things. Um, now let's talk about uh, exchanges or that one food swap. So if you remember from Gina's interview, um, she talked about how she started doing the one food swap to help her child um, start to eat healthier. And so this is something that I feel is really powerful and I wanna go into um, greater detail with this and to discuss specifically what foods we want to actually exchange and what ones um, we want to you know exchange them for that would be maybe um, a, ba a bad choice or a choice that's more harmful and exchange it with something that's going to be more beneficial and more um, helpful for your health. 
So let's start with the topic of um, vegetable oils. So that's something we want to get rid of. Vegetable oils in the forms of canola oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, those types of oils can be very inflammatory and can cause a lot of stress on the body. They um, often are rancid uh, when they get into the body and they um, just are not providing real any positive health benefit. Unfortunately, those oils are in so many different things. So if you look at the nutritional label and you read ingredients, which I read ingredients all the time, um, I don't always care so much about the carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Now, sometimes I do. It depends kind of what, what I'm trying to do with my own health. But I'm more interested in the ingredients. Um, that matters way more to me. So I would definitely avoid those vegetable oils uh, as much as possible. And I would exchange those or swap those for things like coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil or avocado. So just good healthy fats is going to be really, really important. In fact, our brain loves good healthy fats. And so the more you can in, in introduce good healthy fats to your child, the better. So here's a, um, some other good fats to consider. We already talked about some of the, the oils, but even grass-fed butter, ghee, um, some of those, some nuts and seeds can be really, really helpful. Even, you know, fish, um, animal fats, um, you know, from like grass-fed meats, uh, eggs are great. Uh, avocados, I think I already mentioned that, um, but even some good nut butters as well. Those are some great sources of fat. So if you can increase um, good healthy fats, that'll be really helpful. And then it definitely exchange vegetable oils with coconut, olive oil, avocado oil. Um, those are going to be uh, more of a go-to for cooking or for just utilizing in, in the kitchen. All right, another thing to consider, since we talked about glyphosate, I definitely have to talk about wheat and gluten. Um, a lot of uh, children and even adults are sensitive to gluten. And this is something that I feel, again, isn't so much necessarily the, the wheat or the gluten issue, so to speak, unless you're a celi celiac disease, if, unless you have celiacs, which is an autoimmune condition. And but um, I really feel like the glyphosate and the way that the wheat and gluten has, have been farmed um, has become a big issue for a lot of people. And when they go to digest that, it's just a lot harder for them to break it down and it makes it much more difficult. It's also can be very inflammatory and can also cause issues with leaky gut. Okay, again, likely most wheat and gluten has been sprayed with glyphosate as well. So that becomes a big issue. So instead of doing wheat or gluten, I would focus on some ancient grains, uh, quinoa, amaranth. Some people do really well with cassava, um, almond flour, coconut flour. Those are some different types of grains or flours that can be used instead of wheat that can also be helpful. Okay, now, of, of course, I wouldn't say like overdo it on those because you know, that's a lot of carbohydrates if you're eating a lot of that, unless it's the almond or coconut flour um, or the cassava. But, uh, you know, sometimes we think, oh, as long as I'm just avoiding this wheat, then I'll eat a lot of this, you know, gluten-free stuff. And it's not always going to be the most helpful. 
um, but it's a better option if you know gluten can be sensitive to your um, to your digestive tract. So, so ancient grains would be something to consider. I think um, you know Ezekiel bread. If you're going to choose a bread, I think that's a, a good option. Or make your own bread. Again, do whatever you can to avoid the glyphosate, and um, and then again, the gluten can be very um, damaging to this the lining of the gut. I know a lot of families have found just going grain-free completely has been really therapeutic for their child and their digestive tract and for their mood and for even helping with their sleep. So those are things to consider. But again, if you're just starting out on this journey, here's something you can do to exchange. So you don't feel overwhelmed and you don't feel like it's got to be perfect. These are just little steps that you can do. Um, another thing that we want to talk about as far as some other foods to exchange would be those processed sugars and the artificial sweeteners. All right. So the processed sugars, um, again, just really inflammatory, uh, definitely can cause a lot of issues with uh, gut health, the mental health, the emotional health. I mean, um, I just know this can be a huge trigger for a lot of people. And as soon as they stop, you know, ingesting a lot of sugar. It's incredible. People sleep better. Their yeah, their their moods a little bit better. They're able to stay more focused. Um, so if you if you do need a little something sweet, let's let's exchange the processed sugars and artificial sweeteners with things like honey, raw honey, organic maple syrup, um, stevia is a great thing, as well as monk fruit can be a good sweetener. And those things mixed with foods that you're using for baking or cooking or whatever um, can be a, a, a nice little exchange there. Okay. So this is a lot of information I know. Um, for a lot of you, this is nothing new. <laughs> You've probably been like, oh, I've been there, done that. And I just wanted to start off again by focusing on speaking to the parent who's just like, where do I start? How do I get things going? And what can I do to at least help my child? So again, this is uh, gonna be so important. Remember, if you don't ever focus on the gut and the, and the diet, then you know the child will not see positive changes. But again, at the same time, you can't get well only with the diet. And we'll discuss more details as far as what, what I mean with that in future episodes. Um, again, choose, choose foods as close to mother nature as possible, foods that have as few ingredients as possible, avoid the, the glyphosate and the Roundup, um, avoid trans fats, the vegetable oils. Um, you know, those are some things that will be really helpful. All right. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us on this podcast. We love doing this and hope that you are getting a ton of value out of it. Please do share this with friends or family, anyone that you know that could find benefit and value from this. Um, and also go ahead and leave us a rating on Google Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to this podcast, and that helps us a lot so we can reach more people because that is our number one goal. And, and please do check out our website. It's autismwellnesscenter.org. And this is a nonprofit organization. So don't hesitate to jump on my calendar since it is a nonprofit. I don't charge any fee for anyone to when I do consulting, whether it's in person 
or over the phone with children with autism. The only thing that we ask families to be responsible for would be paying for any supplements or any labs that we may need to order. And again, I know that there are a lot of families out there that can't afford even some of those things. And so that's why we have the nonprofit. And so when we serve some of the families that we serve, if those that are willing and able, we are so grateful for donations to where we can use those funds um, for less fortunate families that don't have the means to pay for some of the expensive tests that can be really helpful in giving us more information on how we can best serve and help um, your child. So thank you and I look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode. Have a fantastic day.